0: The devil made me do it. Hey, everybody, welcome to Crime Over Cocktails. I'm Tiffany, your host, and tonight I am drinking my vodka and meal, and we're going to talk about the case of Arnie Johnson. Ernie Johnson was 19 years old. He was a hardworking landscaper in Brookfield, Milwaukee. He was just your typical teen. He liked to go fishing. He liked to hang out with his friends. He was in love with his fiance. He was just a good kid. He had never been in trouble with the law or anyone, matter of fact. Ernie worked at the Wright Tree Service Company, but on February 16th, 1981, he decided that he was going to call in sick. And instead, he was going to go to his fiancee, Debbie Glatzel's job. She worked at a kennel. She was a dog groomer. On that day, her boss, Alan Bono, was going to take his employees out to lunch, and he invited Arnie to come with them. While they were out at lunch, they did have some beers and they partied a little bit. When they got back towards the kennel, Alan was pretty tipsy. Alan was also their landlord. He had leased them an apartment that was right by the kennel. Around 6 30 p.m., things took a deadly turn. Mary, her nine year old cousin, was still hanging hanging out between the kennel and their home. And Alan grabbed her and he refused to let go. Ernie ended up running up and ordered Alan to release Mary. Mary ran to the car and Debbie tried to defuse the situation by standing between the two men. Another co-worker who was there, Wanda, she tried to pull Arnie away and all of a sudden he just started growling at her like he was an animal. He then took out a five inch pocket knife and stabbed Alan repeatedly. He had suffered four or five horrendous wounds but they were mostly to his chest. He had one stab that stretched from his stomach to the base of his heart. He passed away at the hospital just hours later. They were able to locate Arnie. He had only gotten about two miles away, and they held him at the Bridgeport Correctional Center. His bail was $125,000. This was the first unlawful killing in the history of Brookfield, Connecticut. We're talking 193 years, people. No murders. That is insane. Watch, everyone's going to go move to Brookfield. But this is also going to be the first known court case in the United States that tried the defense to prove innocence under the claim of demonic possession and denial of personal responsibility for the crime (laughs) what so now you're wondering what the hell happened here so to get to that answer we gotta go back and it all started about a year earlier diane had a younger brother named david he was 11 years old and his sister diane his mother and him, they were all cleaning a rental property that they were getting ready to take over. While there, David said that he saw an old man, and that the old man had feet that looked like a deer, and that he had big black evil eyes. For days, David kept talking about this old man, initially they thought that David was using this old man as an excuse so he wouldn't have to do chores and help clean this new place. I mean, it's a big place. Of course, a kid's not going to want to do it, but I mean, is he going to make up an old man? But as time went on, it started to become more obvious that David's demeanor was definitely changing. He would wake up crying hysterically in the middle of the night, describing visions of a man with big black eyes, a thin face with animal features and jagged teeth, pointed ears, horns, and hoofs. He also said that the man was threatening to steal his soul. Before long, the family asked a priest from the church to come bless their home. When that didn't seem to help David, they reached out to paranormal investigators and self-proclaimed demonologists Ed and Lorraine Warren. It was reported that when Ed asked David who was inside, that there were 43 different entities that answered him. He reported seeing David hissing, spitting, speaking in different languages, and levitating. Lorraine said that she could tell that he was in the early stages because she would sit and observe him, and he would be sitting there doodling like a normal little boy, and then when he would look up at her, he was no longer a young boy. To cure David, the Glatzel family, along with the Warrens, proceeded to have multiple priests petition the church to have a formal exorcism performed on David. The process continued for several days. It could take four to five men just to hold David down. During all this, David David had also predicted the murder that was to come. One night, Arnie was staying up with him all night like he did many, many times. Arnie would stay up with him all night and then go to work in the morning. He would run on no sleep, but he just... Someone had to be with him to make sure he was okay. Everybody was very worried. Don't forget, this is an 11-year-old boy and nobody knows what is happening. Did he go crazy or is there something really going on? While he's there with him, David was having a hard time. Arnie just started screaming, take me instead, leave my little buddy alone. Well, when the priest came back, they could see that David looked so much better. They were confused. They asked him, where's the beast? David pointed right to Arnie. Arnie was now hissing and growling. Debbie got scared and she went up to Arnie and smacked him twice in the face, hoping that this was going to snap him out of it. But it didn't help. I'm sorry. I am not coming near you. Things only got worse. She said that she could hear two different voices coming out of him and that there were times where he would just shout obscenities. The real troubling part was he never remembered anything. He never had any recollection. He couldn't tell them why. It was like a blackout. Arnie stated that it was one day in particular when he was walking up his yard, he was drawn to an old well that was on the property. When he looked down inside of the well, he could see the demon's face and it was looking at him. He said that the well was what was housing the demon and that's when the demon got into him even more because they looked at each other in the eye well debbie said fuck this shit and they moved out of the rental property and she's like please lord let him get his sanity back and this is when they rented the apartment from alan bono four months before the murder the police were contacted on Arnie because of his behavior, but nothing was ever done. And unfortunately, it was too late for Arnie because on that February 16th, 1981, he, he was murdered. After he committed this crime, he didn't even know what happened for a little over two hours after the event. I mean, if that's true, that's got to be kind of scary. A few days before Halloween, Johnson's lawyer, Martin Manella, he entered a defense of not guilty by reason of demonic possession. He told the judge that Ed and Lorraine told him that when you're possessed, you have no control over your actions. And that has stuck in his head. He had told the paper that his court argument was all going to revolve around religion that the courts have dealt with the existence of God, and now they will be asked to deal with the existence of the demonic spirit. Judge Robert Callahan rejected the defense rather quickly, referring to it as irrelative and unscientific. He also said that the business or hobby of locating demons has not risen to the level of viability where it could be used of assistance to the jury in deciding the case. So the jury never got to hear the devil made me do it defense. Arnie and his attorney then decided they're going to move forward with a self-defense argument. The trial lasted about three weeks and on November 24th, 1981, after 15 hours of deliberation, they returned with a guilty verdict. Arnie was sentenced to 10 to 20 years in prison for first degree manslaughter. But he was let out after only four years due to good behavior. While he was in prison, I mean, he did graduate high school. He took college courses. He even married his fiance, Diane. They ended up going on having two children together. But Diane has since passed away from an unspecified form of cancer in 2020. The trial attracted media attention from all around the world and has obtained a level of notoriety due to the story later being made into a film titled The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. That was in 2021. He was also portrayed in a Discovery Channel's A Haunting episode, Where Demons Dwell, and the incident led to the creation of a television film titled The Demon Murderer Case that's on NBC. Ed and Lorraine also did go on to do the Amneville horror movie. So a lot came from this case. Whether you believe that he turned into a demon or that there was something else. I'm curious to think what you guys think. <laughs> like, do you buy that it's a demon? How can you like say all those things that happened? But then also, is there proof that these things happened? Do you have a picture of him levitating? Like, I need to see things. I'm not gonna take somebody's word for it. Although Arnie may think that he was helping Mary, Alan still didn't deserve to die. If I was his family, I'd go for wrongful death. I didn't read that anything happened after the fact. Four years for taking a life. That's that's a joke. There are drug charges that are longer than that. Murder, you took a life. I'm curious to hear what you guys think. I just want to give a special shout out to all the love that I've been getting recently. I really do appreciate it, you guys. I've got people telling me how much they love the show. I'm getting requests, and it's exciting, and I love it. I'm ready. Well, if you feel like you can't wait till Thursday to listen to the episodes, do know that early access do get posted on Tuesdays for the most part. If it's a super busy week, it's Wednesday, but I really strive for Tuesdays. Head over to the Patreon page and become a Patreon, and you too can wreak the benefits. I'm working out other Patreon perks as well. The After Hours edition, honestly... I don't like having to split it up. I want to say what I want to say in the episode. So I decided that I want to give you guys all of it. Instead of doing it that way, I'm going to come up with some other great perks. But you can definitely still get early access to episodes on Tuesdays. And certain tiers do come with free merch. More things to come. still trying to work it all out in my head, you know? All right, well, that's it for tonight's episode. I love you guys, and we'll talk crime another time. Good night.